What's going on, Stay Loud family? I wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however else you guys have figured out how to listen to it. Um, this episode is going to be called Salute to Service. Uh, the reason why it took me a little longer than normal to get it done was not only because I was on the ship, um, but also I had a uh, very close friend of mine um, pass away that was actually one of my brothers in arms. So I wanted to redo the intro um, and dedication to him. So Alex Serna, um, I love you. This episode is for you, and I hope you guys just kind of get an idea of what it is to serve in the military forces, and so I uh, interviewed some people along the way. Thank you for tuning in. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Once again, Say Loud Podcast, it is your host, Boogie the Beast. Like I said, this episode is going to be a little different. Um, this episode is actually going to be titled, Salute to Service. So instead of interviewing one person, I'm going to bring you guys like three sub-interviews. Um, one of the biggest things and the biggest chapters of my life has been me in the military uh, for the past six years, and I wanted to highlight those who have served next to me. So episode is going to be a little different. Bear with me. I'm trying new formats and new platforms all the time, but... To start off this one, I wanted to do it a little bit different. So I'm actually going to interview myself first. So it's a little different, a little harder to do. Yeah, so I'm going to be interviewing myself first so that um, not only do you hear the questions, but when I interview the other people, I'm going to ask the same questions. And even though, um, you know, the questions are the same, everybody's got a different way of answering and everybody has a story and the reasonings behind it. So I kind of wanted you guys to see like the social experiment. That's how my mind works, all right? So you just got to bear with me, right? So I'm going to ask, obviously, my, myself my questions first. So my name, I hope you guys know what it is by now. Jordan, last name, Hunter. Uh, birthplace, Phoenix, Arizona. Home of uh, where it's illegal to cut down a cactus. Literally, it's a federal offense. Also, you can uh, never find me cheering for a hometown team. No bias. I just, whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's not for me. Uh, what do you do in the Navy? Biggest thing I feel like um, a lot of people know, but maybe some don't is that I am, by title, a aviation rescue swimmer. Um, so basically I fly in helicopters and we do search and rescue, search and response. Uh, we do medical evacuations. Um, we do humanitarian effort. Um, we do things that uh, dealt with like Hurricane Harvey in Houston. Uh, we do combat search and rescue. So when we're actually deployed, we may be asked to go do stuff, um, you know, behind enemy lines in, in a sense like that. Fixed forward firing, uh, you know, shooting guns, a whole bunch of weird stuff, I guess you could say. Um, so first question, big question, is why did you join? Uh, funny enough, I was on the way to actually buy a video game at the time called Battlefield 3 for my game nerds out there that know. Uh, and I was at uh, Spectrum Mall that used to be called Christown Mall. And once I bought the game from GameStop, shout out to GameStop, I was walking out the door and I saw the Navy recruiter and I was like, man, why not? You know, I just want to go ask. I, I didn't know at first that I wanted to like completely join. I was kind of like, eh, we'll see what they're talking about. 
I was getting really bored with just doing the same thing. Don't get me wrong, turning up with everybody was always fun. Going out was always fun, but I was like, where am I going? You know what I'm saying? School wasn't for me at the time. I was tired of not doing well in something, and I wanted to go back to swimming, and I wanted to get paid for it. So I went up to my recruiter. Uh, I forgot his name, but he's out of the Navy now. But um, I was like, hey, I want to swim and make money. And uh, he's like, you know, we got this job called Aviation Rescue Swimmer. And at first, you know, he was like, can you swim? You know, like he really wanted to just be like, you're black. I know you can't swim, but he couldn't be prejudiced too much out loud because it was 2011 at the time, not the 60s. But nonetheless, you know, I did my test and I passed. Um, and I got a contract basically to join. Biggest thing about that, like I said, was not only was I getting bored, but, um, you know, in Phoenix, um, I had made a reputation for being very sociable, um, butterfly, social butterfly. Um, you know, I just, I, I learned everything. I learned everything I wanted to, and I was getting bored of it. I needed a new challenge. And I was also wanting to put myself behind something that was bigger than me. And uh, I had a lot of family that served. My dad was in the Marines, uh, age check. My dad got out a year before Vietnam started. <laughs> uh, my uncle was in Vietnam uh, for the Air Force. I had two or two cousins serve in um, Vietnam as well in the Army. Um, so I had every branch except the Navy. So I was like, man, maybe it's time for me to go make my own chapter. Um, you know, and so it was more of like a family, like respect, heritage, pay dues type thing. Um, and then also I wanted to be a part of something bigger that I've never done before. So that's like one of the biggest reasons why I joined. Um, next question was, uh, what was your family response to it? Um, so when I first originally knew I like legitimately wanted to do it, um, I told my mom first and she thought I was totally kidding because <laughs> I am an only child. So she was like, no, you can't do that. Like, we'll find you something else to do. And, you know, I, I mean, I get it. At the time I didn't get it, but I got it. Like I'm my mom's only child, but I was like, I'm 19 years old. You're ready to turn 20. Like I'm tired of being at home. You know, all my friends to what I thought were more successful than me. And I was like, I'm bored. Like. I need something to do. My dad was all for it. He was like, oh, cool, that's great. Even though he wanted me to be a Marine, but I wasn't about that. I didn't want to go out and uh, have to kill somebody um, is the stereotype and the stigma that I knew at the time. Rather, I'd rather try to save a life. So that's another reason why Rescue Swimmer um, aided to me and I thought was my calling. Um, and then the next one was, what was boot camp like? So fast forwarding, uh, I left September 17th of 2012 and it changed my life I actually am reading out of the same journal that one of my friends Kiera shout out Kiera Kilo Moonchild out in New York um, gave me right before I left for boot camp and she wrote my first journal entry and was just like you're gonna take over the world you know just a lot of positive messages that I need early on um, once I got there um, it was everything I thought it was gonna be uh, like full metal jacket I got called everything except a Christian um, <laughs> you name it, uh, they called me it, except the M-word. Uh, I definitely would have been coming home the next day. Um, but it was crazy, like, seven weeks of, like, you know what I'm saying, like, sleeping in a twin-size bed. Um, I mean, just waking up at 4 a.m., going to bed at 10.30 at night, doing really stupid things at the time where I was like, why do I need to fold my underwear this way? Um, you know, getting shots that I didn't need anything for. I wasn't sick. Uh, oh, the worst part about it is, y'all know from knowing me on my Instagram and other social platforms that when I get my hair cut, my edge up is everything I care about. And they cut against the grain with a zero, even when my hair was short. Oh, I was sick. I thought I was going to leave boot camp with no edge up. But nonetheless, um, 
the science behind, I guess, going to boot camp was, you know, to break you down, build you up, to be about a team. But I was not having it until like halfway through. And then it got to the point where we were counting down by like how many more lunches or dinners we had to go rather than how many days. It was crazy. Um, so boot camp was pretty weird. Um, you know, like the basic stuff, like pepper spray, chamber, tear gas chamber, whatever. Um, shooting guns was whatever. Um, I think the hardest part was I got two of my wisdom teeth pulled at boot camp and they only gave me a day and a half to recuperate. And then I was waking up again in the pool at 4.30 in the morning with stitches in my mouth. Wild, hated it, but got through it, you know? And one of the biggest reasons I think I got through it also was because I volunteered to work at the church. So that took me away from the drilling and the boot camp, you know, esque of it. And I was actually just working at the gospel service. So that was awesome. It was a huge blessing to see just other people, you know, just cheerful, um, either starting their journey at boot camp or getting ready to end their journey at boot camp. And I was a part of it. So that was really cool to do. Um, once I got to my job, what was it like? Uh, so I got out of boot camp in Chicago. I went down to Pensacola, did three more schools in Pensacola, and then I transferred out to San Diego. And then once I got out to San Diego, it was crazy. I got to San Diego the day that Comic-Con started. So I got there the night before, and then when I woke up, one of my friends that had just beat me there um, was like, hey, we're gonna go into downtown Comic-Con. I was like, what's Comic-Con? Man, San Diego was so lit the first time I was out. That was really cool. But um, when I first got to my job, you know, like actually flying, it was so crazy. Like. It was like, damn, like a year and a half and I'm finally like actually flying, um, but I was still in school. Um, so basically there's like a lot of timelines to be met. And my last timeline was to do like, I think it was seven months of like flight school. So like, so I can handle myself in the back of an aircraft, um, you know, comfortability and you know, the basics so that when I got to my actual squadron or my command, that I was able to handle myself and then continue to get qualified to teach the, the next generation of kids. Um, it was weird though, like when I first got to my squadron, a lot of the guys were like getting ready to get out and it was very negative and like, it was very weird because you know, I was very excited like, oh yeah, you know, I'm about to break 100 hours and they're like, yeah, my back hurts, you know, I'm at 1200 hours, 1600 hours and it's just like, well damn, like, you know, so it's always a different aspect. Um, also, I was the only black or African American uh, swimmer um, at the time at my squadron and I have been since I've been there now um, but on the west coast I think throughout my six years I think I've met four or five five I think five other um, african-american swimmers so it's a huge honor um, in my eyes you know to be a part of something where people don't usually see black swimmers um, and I think that was one of the biggest things also for me as I took a lot of pride in being one of very few and then even fewer than that um you know having a female rescue swimmer also in my squadron she's like one of three i think um and i think i'm i don't know i think i'm like one of 15 um and then like i don't know how to i don't know all the math right now i think there's right around maybe four to five hundred swimmers maybe 600 swimmers so it just depends on um full numbers um but yeah when i first got there like it was very like mixed chemistry mixed message about what to do, how to do it. Um, you know, just I wanted to do everything right. And sometimes, you know, you just got on people's nerves and there was good people, there was bad people. But nonetheless, I learned it. I learned my job. I got used to it. Um, and I kept doing the thug dizzle. Um, next question is, uh, did I think it was everything it was going to be? No. <laughs> and this is no hate against it, but uh, 
you know, just going into it, I thought I was going to be doing a lot more swimming, uh, a lot more search and rescue. You know, I thought I was going to be just doing, you know, all kinds of things that I guess you could say wasn't what I prepped for rather than when I got there. It was like, yeah, you're going to be flying a lot more doing this, a lot more guns, a lot more doing that. And it was fun and all. Um, it still is kind of fun. There's a few things that suck about everything, but, you know, you just got to learn to appreciate what you're going through because you don't have to do it. You get you get ah, Somebody told me. Um, you don't have to do it, you get to do it. And I think that's one of the things I have to continue to remind myself is, like, I didn't have to do this, like I could quit at any given time, um, but I get to do it. And it's an opportunity that, you know, I'm not gonna take for granted. So the more and more that I actually go through it, the easier it is for me to uh, continue to just be like, yeah, you know, might not be the best, uh, you know, dream come true, but I am taking positive things away from it and soft skills and hard skills from it. Um, once I got to the ship, uh, what kind of system does it remind you of? So even though I wrote these questions, I promised you, like, <laughs> I hope, and I hope, because like I said, I'm not gonna show them the questions, but uh, I hope that you guys just understand this. Like, I'm not saying this as a joke, but I am kind of is, the boat or the ship is like jail. You have your groups of people that help each other, and you have the groups of people that hate each other. You have the ethnicity groups that hang out with each other, you have the ethnicity groups that don't like each other. You have the officer side, which is, you know, your guards. I shouldn't say prison guards, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like they run the the side of the Navy that a lot of people see or it's generalized or, you know, like we, we are what make them look good because they are, you know, the people who manage or are in command of us um, at any level. So it's just crazy sometimes. Like if you need something done, like it's, it's like prison, it's like you don't, ask and it gets done or you know you don't sneak and do it you literally are just like hey um i got these uh pop tarts can you help me do my laundry or you find somebody who has internet access at the time and you're like yo like i can get you on a flight you know to go fly around and leave work for a little bit can you you know let me call home and you know you just kind of get used to the barter system of things and um you know we do have obviously money currency on the boat but one of the biggest things also like i said is you're like hey like you do this, I can do that for you. You can do this, I can do that. I don't personally, but I know that you can <laughs> you can sell dip on this boat and or chewing tobacco and you can make a fortune. Um, you can sell cigarettes, you can sell honey buns, anything that is not always accessible on the ship, you can sell it at a later time if it runs out because it's supply and demand, which also once again reminds me of jail. Um, and it's just crazy, like I know and I see a lot of people have terrible, terrible sleeping hours, but you know, they're just working 18 hours a day, 16 hours a day. And once again, here I am complaining because I flew for, you know, three to four hours and then I'm sitting at work for the rest of it, really not doing anything. But you know, at the same time, like, you know, like I said, once again, you just got to appreciate the position or standpoint that you're in rather than nag at it. So it is prison though. Sometimes like, it's just crazy. I wish I could pull my phone out and record and make it a vlog, but there is a lot of things that go on, obviously, that you need a clearance for or just to even walk around. It's kind of weird walking around uh, trying to record because, you know, people are obviously just going to stare at you. Like, people are staring at me as I record this, but it's fine. Um, I try to find the quietest spot on the boat. It's still very hard to do, I promise. Uh, what's the next question? Uh, what's your motivation to keep going? So, funny enough, um, I mean, not really funny enough, but I'm actually at the backside of my contract, so I'm actually going to be getting out in four months, which is one of the biggest reasons why this podcast is um, such a really fun thing or honorable thing for me, 
is because I'm going to actually take it and transition it out to the outside world. But once again, I wouldn't have had this podcast and I wouldn't have had a lot of the people that I've interviewed on this podcast if I wouldn't have been stationed in San Diego, if I wouldn't have been in the military because I never would have met them. So, you know, um, the motivation for me to keep going now is that I've achieved this and I want to know and I want to do everything that I put my mind to. And the biggest motivation also is my faith in God. Um, over the years, I've always had it, but over the years it's grown and it's grown. And the more I look back, the more I have to be blessed for and thankful for that I was able to have it. Um, because early on, I didn't think a lot of the things I was given, um, you know, just came out of sheer luck. I knew that it came from my faith and my, um, you know, uh, consistency with God. But a lot of the things I was also doubting and I forgot that the number one person in my life that's looking out for me was God. Um, so my biggest motivation now is just to continue to show people that um, no matter what you do in life, as long as you're happy doing it, you shouldn't have a problem with it. You shouldn't be upset. Um, and just continue to grind. If you want to do something that doesn't have to do with the military, then continue to do it. Uh, I feel like a lot of people also, when I said system earlier, get stuck in the system because it's comfortable, because it's easy. Why would I go do something else when I make this much money? So they get, you know, side driven by different motivations. And it kind of sucks, you know, like I see a lot of smart people and, you know, I get it. Sometimes there's a huge safety net joining the military because, you know, you're going to get paid on the 1st and 15th. You know, your health care is taken care of. You know what I'm saying? If you have a family, you know they're taken care of if you were to pass away. You know, and I get it. There's a lot of reasons why. Um, staying in is better but I know a lot of people that always play the what if game or if I was or if I did this but they're saying to themselves I can't do it I'm too scared why would I get away from it you know and I'm kind of the opposite way now I'm like man like I've done this like I've done it you know it's time for me to continue to try something else and um, you know I'm just very excited for the next chapter um, but by no means am I like hateful towards the military like there's some days where I'm like man I can't wait to get out <laughs> I can't stand this bull but you know what I'm saying at the end of the day like hey I'm very blessed I'm very happy um, to have done and to be where I am when it comes to it so that's like my biggest motivation um, and also to show people that told me I wasn't gonna you know basically make the amount of money or, or do as good as I am um, you know not really jealous but like Kind of just prove to them, like, hey, shut up. You know what I'm saying? I got this. God got me. And I got myself. Um, and then just finishing up, um, do you ever feel like you made a bad choice? Um, I used to think all the time, like, damn, I should have, you know, stuck through college. I should have gone to HBCU. Um, there's other things I wanted to do at HBCU, but whatever, you know. But do I think it was a bad choice? No. At the end of the day, when I look back, I'm like, man. Like, I've been all over the world. I've been places in the world I would never pay to go, but they were fun to be in, you know? And, uh, you know, I've made money doing less, way less than a lot of people that I know. And, you know, I've had a lot of days. I've had a lot of opportunities. I've met a lot of people. Like I said, I never would have thought I would have been able to afford to live in San Diego. Like, if I would have just up and left at 19 years old, I was like, I'm moving to San Diego, California. Um, I don't think I ever would have, you know what I'm saying, thought about doing that. And, um, you know, I don't think it was a bad choice. You know, I was blessed to be able to live by myself. And for those who know, um, I taught myself how to cook because <laughs> when I was living at home, yes, I'm an only child and I was kind of spoiled. And also my mom used to kick me out of the kitchen for a huge disclaimer. So I never got to learn how to cook until I moved out. Um, yeah, I'm gonna use that as an excuse. But uh, yeah, just everything has a collateral beauty behind it. Like a negative, came with a positive like I didn't finish college but it's cool because now I get to go to school for free for the rest of my life if I want to well not rest of my life but when I actually want to go back it's free um, 
you know, I lived uh, out in town by myself and never had to worry about, uh, you know what I'm saying, paycheck to paycheck. I damn near eat for free. Um, I've met a lot of people. I've been blessed to do a lot of things. Um, I was able to be in movies and stuff like that for work. Like, there's a lot of dope things, you know what I'm saying? I'm not here to brag, but I'm just here to tell you that the opportunity at hand, I'm taking it and I'm being positive about it rather than sitting here nagging to y'all. Um, and then the last question, I, I know I said that was the last question, but this is like legit the last question, is what is the key to success in my opinion? Um, and the reason why I ended with that question um, for the people that I'm going to talk about and all that stuff or talk with is, um, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to talk to a few people um, that are going to stay in and by no means is that the wrong thing to do. Um, but I also just want to hear from them what is their key to success. My key to success is to find what you love to do, find a way to make money from it, educate yourself on how to be successful in it, but don't lose sight of what it is to be happy. And that's not always money, but it, it's just following your heart. Like as hippie and as free willing and free spirit as that sounds like, it's not always about money. And the more people understand that, the easier it'll get. And the faster you can follow those principles of just be happy, Learn how to make money doing something you love and you'll never work another day in your life, the easier life gets. Um, that's really it for me uh, in like the smallest of uh, terms. I'll give my full testimony again one day soon when I'm getting paid to do it. Um, but I really want to get you guys up and over to some other people that I want to highlight. So, yeah. What's going on, everybody? Is your host, Look at the Beast. I want to give... First and foremost, a super shout out to all my armed forces out there, my Navy people, obviously first, my Army, Marines, Air Force, Coast Guard, National Guard, Reserves, Active Duty, Commission Officers, and not only for the military people serving, but also those spouses and the families that support them and everybody out there that just supports. And also thank you so much for the veterans that have uh, paved the way for not only myself to be where I'm at, but, um, you know, for the progression in the military and armed forces just wanted to give that super shout out um also make sure you guys are already subscribed if not i'm trying to continue to grow this so that i can get more opportunities for more people more opportunities for um growth within the say it loud franchise um because it's gonna be more than a podcast later on in life but until then i'm gonna get you go ahead and go on to the next part of this episode. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to Say It Loud Podcast. It is your host, Boogie the Beast. I got my first guest up. Oh. I'm going to let him introduce himself, though. Hey, what's up? So my name is Jordan Cueto. Nice to meet you guys. Cueto, my man. Where are you up? from? I'm from Bronx, New York. I was, I was born and raised there, you know, for about 20 years. And, uh, you know, but I'm composed of being Dominican, you know, Dominican and Puerto Rican. Okay. such of such a nationality and things like that is where I'm from. Okay. Now, tu sabes, loco, you know, I'm a little bit of Spanish, hey. black, Indian, all that good stuff. So you already know what I'm saying. I'm a mixture of all three different worlds, so you already know. So, so. I respect it. Uh, so what do you do in the Navy, actually? So I'm an OS in the Navy. I'm an operations specialist. So we look at radars. We look at surface contacts, air contacts. We report it to the JAL. We report it to other people, uh, other places, mm -hmm. you know, at the, uh, at the CDC. You know whether the watch op, you know, watch supervisor wants to know about it, and we uh we uh, detect and track other you know other ships and air contacts that's around us, that surrounds us around the place and things like that of that nature. That's what's up. Um, so why did you join the navy? Why did I join the navy is to create a better man of myself, to be create a better version of myself, to increase my financial status, to make more of what I got out of my own environment, to get out of it, and to make a better version of myself. 
what was it like for your family when you first told them like hey I'm joining so when I first told them they you know it was a, it was a bit of a surprise at first they didn't see it coming you know it was out of left field but they understood and you know they accepted my decision and I had to go and I had to embark on this journey that you know they had to understand that I had to take on my manhood and I had to take on this you know journey on my own yeah how old were you when you first joined uh, I was 20 years old 20 at that time, so was I so that's crazy. I, you gotta be balling, <laughs> son. Let's go. That's crazy. Let's go. Um, so once you took off and all that stuff, what was boot camp like for you? Oh, boot camp was just like, just like this. It's just like, it's 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 all about discipline. It's all about structure. It's all about tearing you down, putting you back up. You'll always make friends and things like that. You always have people who like you, people who don't. You know, but you always got to get through the times through the of encouragement. You can let let nothing discourage you. You know, when you get there. You know, always find and select, you know, a, a perfect group circle of friends, even at even at minimal at best, to mm-hmm. help you get what you need to get by. Find the people you can trust. That's right. Yeah. So once you got out of boot camp and then you went through uh, A school, which is like your technical school for your job, right. and you got to your job, um, what what was it like? Like, you were like, damn, I'm finally here? Or? Yeah, it's like, it's like, wow, I'm here, but it's like, it's not what I expected, you know, but... I knew that when I got in there and I got in the game, I had to climb my way up to the top. So nothing, you know, nothing was given. Everything was earned. So I couldn't take nothing for granted. But, you know, I had a house, had a place to sleep, had a place to eat, had a place to shower, had a place to take care of myself. You know, but I always, always seek of myself to rise above the environment itself. You know, I I never let the environment define me, you know, but I'm grateful for all the gifts that the Navy has given me, that it's a privilege, it's not a right. You know, I just, I appreciate what I was given and, and I just took advantage and I utilized what I got. Yeah. So being on the ship, um, when you think of other things that it might remind you of, if you've been in or haven't been in it, uh, what kind of system would you say the ship reminds you of? Like imperialism, prison? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say prison necessarily. I would say imperialism in terms of like enforcing their they have their own political views, you know, they have their own agenda. And, and depending on they like you or not, you're either part of the agenda or you're not of not of it. Either a number or you're not. Hmm. So you're either favored or you're not. You know, so always always take care of your own, always have something that has paper trail to take care of yourself, you know, especially for your qualifications and things of that ma- things of that nature. Right. You know, but always always persist in what you want, always go for what you want. There will always be people that will not even lift a finger for you. So you got to take the leadership of your own. You just can't expect things to just happen for you. You got to make it happen. I feel that. Um, going off of that, what was the what's what's a motivation for you to keep going? Um, now that you're in, and you've been in so how long now? I've been in I've been in the game for about three and a half years, going on four. Okay. And you know my model for people is, you know, resist. Spit game, spit game. Oh, I got a spit game now. That's crazy. Uh, so persistence beats resistance every time always persist always strive always be more of what you want always be focused always be driven for the benefit of yourself for the people around you you know if there's no example set the example be the example be the rock that people need you know what i'm saying so be the people that you know people can depend on but also do it for yourself make sure you love yourself you take care of yourself and you know you always put your best foot forward in things you may not feel it but you have to do it. Consistency, you can never get bored with it. And I tr- trust me, you will get results that you'll get over in due time. Just have the patience and it'll come to you. My man, bro, my man. A few other questions, I'm gonna let you get back to work. Like right. I said, y'all, people don't sleep on this boat. 
Uh, we just nah. keep going. It's 24 hours. Yeah, Some yeah. of us it's are like night New York walking. City, boy. So <laughs> you right back home yeah. with it. Uh, <laughs> do you ever feel like you made a, a bad choice when you? No, no, not at all. No, not at all. I think that you know, like, I think it's, I think it's a gift. I think it's a journey to be, to be here. I mean, in my own opinion, I would never say it's a regret. I would never say it's a mistake. It would only be a lesson to learn. And you know, we all, we all got lessons to learn, and everything happens for a reason. I know that's just a generic thing to say but it's it's truly real and it's really meant what people say when they people say that so you know everything happens for a reason everything has a purpose life isn't happening to you life is happening for you so never get discouraged come on now speak to him man speak to him so this so on the boat this man listen every time i see him he lets me know one way or another he's dropping gyms so i had to get him on this podcast and it's crazy because i was getting ready to go like look for people to find and you walked up on me, yeah, you know. I mean, and once again, it's not by choice, it's not by chance, it's by God's will. Yeah, it's you know God, you know, divine intervention. And you kind of touched on it. Um, so I'm not going to ask you. The last question was, "What's the key to success?" Because you kind of touched on that. Right. But uh, when it comes to things, I guess you could say for people that are in that might listen to this, or people that are thinking about joining, um, what would you say are the lessons that you wish you could have started with that you learned later on? Always, always start out. Always start out to be humble. I think humility goes a long way, but always stand your ground. I think that's, that's it, you know, in a respectful manner, of course, there's a structure, there's a chain of command and everything like that. But just cause you're new, just always stand your ground, you know, just always be humble and always strive forward and always be positive in the mood of other people that are negative, you know? So just keep going and just be you. And, you know, celebrate your individuality, you know, just while you got it. I mean, you have a steady paycheck, a steady job, and study things like that so my outlook is to you know just be more positive than usual but always stay on your ground you know always always select you know your, your, your group of friends very carefully be methodical in what you do but you know like it's you know you just got to take care of yourself and you know what once you take care of yourself everything all the chips will follow so mm. you already know you already know what's popular so that's really it for me man i mean you got anything you want to shout out any keys to success Twitter handles, SoundCloud, it's up to you, man. You, you got the floor, bro. Go ahead, say oh, it loud, man. man. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, I, you know, I, I, I got a, I got a Twitter account called Animated Voice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I always have a voice acting account to follow my dreams and things like that. I have all the materials to do my voice acting career and things like that. But yeah, you know, that's what I got going on so far. But right now, I'm just enjoying my new job that I was just enlisted in, and that's a, and that's an OS. And you know, I climb my way to the top and. You gotta go, you know, you gotta stay at the top and maintain it. You gotta, My be, man. You. You gotta be consistent. My man, you know? take over, bro. Hey man, I appreciate you I appreciate so much. You too, dog. Thank you so much. Have a All great right. night. All right, you too. Next one's gonna be coming soon. Tune in. What's going on, Say Loud? So just to recap from part one of the external interviews besides my own my man cuerdo sat down with me man super positive guy every single time i saw him on the ship you know like i said in the interview he would just drop gems and you know he would just make sure that you know one of the other guys on the ship was doing well and he was always willing to sit down and talk to you or just make you laugh make you smile or just give you something you know like to be positive about so i definitely definitely wanted to say shout out to him for sitting down with me and uh, nothing but best wishes in the future to the uh, voiceover and animated voices i can't wait to work with you in the future hopefully and collab on something once again this is say loud podcast i'm gonna go ahead and get y'all back to the episode what's going on say loud podcast we are back with a, another segment of the salute to service episode of the say it loud series as i sit next to my next guest uh instead of me introducing her i'm gonna let her introduce herself 
Hey. How you doing? <laughs> Hello, listeners. I hate this. <laughs> Just like, be yourself. I can't. What's your name? Uh, I'm Nikki. Hi, Nikki. Hey. <laughs> Where are you from, Nikki? <laughs> I'm from Jersey, Jersey girl. Jersey girl by nature? Naughty by nature. Naughty by nature, but... Jersey girl, you know. Yeah, my bad, my bad. <laughs> my bad. But Mary J is still your godmother, right? That's your... That's, that's your why. Queen? That's, that's my mother. That's your mother? Yeah. Okay, all right. I uh, love you, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Nikki, uh, what do you do in the Navy? So, my official title... Mm-hmm is a aviation electronics technician supervisor whatever okay uh so basically working with the comm nav systems of of aircraft in the navy yeah sounds exciting i mean you know i mean (laughs) if you know your rates it is actually it could be pretty exciting some of the things you work with where has it taken you literally around to the other side of the world. Uh, so my first duty station was at Tsugi, Japan. Lit. Yeah, it was pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty lit. Um, I was there for, I want to say three, two and a half years. Okay. Yeah, two and a half years. Traveled to some, you know, places around there uh, during my time. Hong Kong. Thailand, you know, all the... Southeast Asia? Yeah, Southeast Asia. Came back to California, went back to Japan uh, a few years later, and now I'm back in California. Back to back to Cali, no matter what. (laughs) I'm going, going back. Back to Cali. Cali. (laughs) (laughs) So, being from Jersey, uh, you know, don't know the whole backstory of the upbringing and all that stuff. What made you want to join? the the military or just the navy in general so that's funny because i would have never um pictured myself in the military um i was always wanting to i'm going to college i don't care my grandmother told me that if i went to hbcu she would pay for it okay so i applied to clark atlanta got into clark atlanta shout out hbcus clark atlanta so what is uh, their mascot a panther. Okay, that's right. Yes. Atlanta Panthers. Okay. A black panther. <laughs> wow. Woke. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, went down to Clark Atlanta. First time moving away from home. Um, yeah. It was really fun. A little different? It was really fun. Yeah, it was lit. Atlanta was lit. <laughs> it was uh, so much fun that uh, school kind of fell to the back burner. So, I went home to visit after a semester ended and I, I just didn't go back. And my mom's like, so what are you gonna do with your life? I'm like, I'm gonna join the military. And she just looked at me and she started cracking up cause I was not the get dirty, the get, <laughs> I'm not working, I'm not doing all that. So she said, um, if, if I brought some information into the house, she'll probably, probably believe me. So I went to the recruiting office just to, you know, Get some paperwork just so she could shut up for a minute. Um, a friend of mine happened to be in there. Started talking to him. Somehow the recruiter started talking to me, and then here I am. Next thing you know, were you? Did you sign up, or did you know going into it you wanted to be an AT once you like took the tests and all that stuff, or 
Was there other jobs opening you just? Um, so, you know, the, the test we have to take to mm-hmm. pick our jobs or whatever. I scored a pretty good score. Of course you did. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit smart. Like, you know. You're pretty smart. <laughs> we'll, we'll go ahead and flex that. Go so, ahead. Um, yeah, I had this long list of jobs. And he was like, what do you want to do? I was like, I don't know. Maybe go do something with computers. He was an IT, uh, you know, regular IT. Mm-hmm. That's like universal, right? So nothing was open as far as jobs. So he's like, oh, AT is like the same thing, but for aircraft. He lied. <laughs> but <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. Good old car salesman. <laughs> I signed up to be, uh, it's called a AV, just avionics, mm-hmm. period. You can be an electrician or electronics tech once you get in or whatever. So I signed up that day. And I think I was gone for boot camp. Maybe a month later. Damn. Like real quick. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I was on hold for like, I think ten and a half months, nine and a half Hell, months. I would have changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, like if hard. I didn't leave immediately, I would have found something else to do with my life. That's wild. What was boot camp like for you? <laughs> I remember. So boot camp wasn't hard. I remember writing a letter to um, one of my friends. Like this is like summer camp. Uh, in the winter, first uh, of all, <clears throat> winter in Great Lakes, Illinois, is probably the worst thing I've ever encountered in my life. Worse than Jersey winters. Um, there were days it was like negative ten, negative twelve degrees, and you didn't have your Tims to keep you warm. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I I was not prepared for that. Like wind chill, like the water off the the wind off the lakes. It was just ridiculous. It was miserable, but I didn't have a a bad experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I met some really cool people. You still keep in contact with anybody from? I do. That's cool. I have like probably like four people I still keep in contact with. That's dope. So yeah. What was your job in boot camp? Did you have one? <laughs> I was a section leader for a little while and then I got hurt um so yeah I got taken away <laughs> but I did I am black and I passed my swim test on the first, first time <laughs> <laughs> which is a very very big deal to pass on the first time if you are black because they look at you like you're gonna fail as soon as you walk in with honors you feel like basically. I was like, oh, I see this S on my chest. That's on my chest. Oh man! I did it. Oh man! So then I had to walk outside in the cold from the pool. Oof! I bet I I got out of there right before it started getting cold. Thank the Lord. Um. So getting through boot camp and then you went off to Pensacola. Yeah. AV school was in Pensacola. Yeah. And then uh, once you got through that school. Whatever follow-on schools you had, once you got to, like, when you found out, like, hey, you were going to Atsugi, Japan for your first duty station or, like, first place of work, what, what, what went through your mind? Like, what was that like? I was excited. Japan had always been on, like, my, like, places to visit in my mm-hmm. life, even before I joined. And um, so I was really excited to go. My, my parents weren't too happy that <laughs> I was going so far away, but... I mean, they're supportive. They, you know, gave me the encouragement I needed uh, to kind of like, you know, it'll be okay. We'll be here when you get back. Flap your wings. You can always fly home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what was it like when you like got out there, like to that Sugi, like your first duty station? Did you think it was what it was like talked up to be, or like? Um, I didn't. So I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know anybody at the command prior to getting there. Mm-hmm. When I got my orders, and I told one of my instructors, he's like, "Oh, it's gonna be K, you know, a helicopter squadron. That's like one of the easiest places in the Navy." So I was like, "All right, cool." So I went in with that mindset. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I got there and it was December, December, yeah, and it was cold and we were on a 24-hour, um, like, alert, alert because we were going to deploy. And I was like, wait, I just got here. I don't know anything. <laughs> deploy on what? I've never been on a ship and blah, blah, blah. So that was, we didn't deploy. We didn't end up deploying. Then I figured out what forward deployed mean and meant. And um, yeah, that was my initial like welcome to the command. But the command was awesome. All the people were very welcoming. Very welcoming. Um, I don't, I mean, I had an attitude back then. So I got, I got into a few little tiffs. Little altercations, <laughs> yeah. altercations. But ultimately, like I had, that was probably one of my favorite places uh, to work in the Navy. Hmm. HS fourteen Chargers. So fun fact: Nikki was at HS fourteen, and then when they came to San Diego, I checked into HSC fourteen, which basically just meant that we went from. The Honda Civic to the Honda Civic LS or yeah. like an upgrade <laughs> helicopter, basically. From a 2010 to a 2015. Basically a 2010 know? to a 2015 vehicle. And then that's when I met uh, Nikki, actually. So, fun fact, we knew each other going into this, but I used to know her when she was humble um, before she <laughs> made rank and uh, she started trying to gas up on people and all what? that stuff. So <laughs> Never. Um, so going on to the ships though, or just like, just the Navy in general, but we'll just stick to the ship for this. What do you think the, the system was like, like when, how they treated people or like the upper echelon versus the lower echelon race? I think, oh, race, don't get me started on that. I'm going to address the first part. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I didn't have a bad experience on the boat because I only answered to basically my chain of command, which I, who I was, uh, already used to mm-hmm. uh, answering to whatever. So I don't have the same experience as, you know, someone actually stationed on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think my experience was too different from just being on shore. Mm-hmm. The boat didn't make a difference because I answered to who I answered to. So, but uh, yeah, what was the second part? Race? Yeah, like how do you, how do you think people like treat each other race wise or age wise? Like, do you feel like it was? All for you, for you, or... I'll tell you what my opinion was after you say yours. No, 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 no. I want to hear yours first. Oh, I can't because then that would make it biased. No, 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 no. Do you think that the... It was ran like a prison was? Like, Um, your race sticks out for your race and... Yes. I've never been to prison. Neither have (laughs) I. But I watch some shows on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to The Wire. (laughs) Um, I watched Locked Up, you know, all of that stuff. Prison Break. But, um... Shawshank Redemption. Of course. I think people, in general, whether on a bull or anything, they just gravitate towards who they have the most in common with. Mm -hmm. Black women have the most in common with each other. We really don't have anything in common with anyone else. 
So it, it, it's kind of that system to where you just go where you're comfortable. I don't think it's like, oh, you're black, come here. It's just wherever you're comfortable. It just happened to be all the black people felt comfortable together. I feel it. Um, what was your motivation to keep going? Like when you first joined, um, you know, it was kind of like, obviously you're still fresh. Like it was like a new job in a sense, really a new career, a new chapter. Um, but what made you want to keep going and like not get in trouble or, you know, like, you know, just want to be like a better sailor. So for us, um, just to give you guys like an idea is we get an evaluation kind of like corporate America on your fiscal year, like your annual report. And basically, however well you do or however good you do on your annual eval is going into the next time you take the test to make rank or make the next paid grade. Basically, it's based on your evaluation on the year. And I'm sure uh, little Miss Nikki over here was never a under average sailor. So what was the motivation to continue to be an above and beyond uh, sailor? Oh. So, like I said before, I had a little um, attitude thing when I first got in. And um, I had this <clears throat> supervisor. He took me, he talked to me. He was like, you need a mentor. So, my first mentor, she, it was a black female of a higher ranking than me. And she was just on her shit. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like one under her wing. Her name was Courtney Young. I will never forget her. Mm-hmm. Um, but Shout out Ms. Young. Uh, but she kind of like guided me until, you know, set me up for what I need. She left. Um, and then I went over to, um, someone else. I just kept mentors Mm -hmm. to keep me on the right track. I've never done anything that I didn't want to do as far as for eval purposes or, or whatever. I just did my work. If I wanted to do something extra, I did that. I always wanted to go to school or to finish school. So and that was, and you got that done? I sure did. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally. So like my motivation was always to finish school. Um what staying level? out of trouble mm-hmm. was the hard part. But once I got mentors in my life and, you know, just positive people to help me uh see past whatever I was feeling at the moment. Um yeah. What uh? What level of a degree did you finish while full time working and on deployment? I felt something in your voice. You okay? <laughs> um, I finished my uh my bachelor's degree first. I finished my associate's degree just to get you know in the groove back into school or whatever. And then I finished my uh bachelor's degree. In what college did you finish? From the Arizona State University. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Where did you finish your degree from? Arizona State University. Like, where was I physically? Yeah, where were you physically? Oh, I was in Japan. She was across the country and still went to the Arizona State University. Had to get that out there. All right, sorry, my bad. Go Sun Devils. (laughs) (laughs) She is a Sun Devil by nature. Yes. Um, But on top of that, um, and now, you know, uh, I don't want to ruin it, but you're getting ready to get out. Yes, I'm transitioning <laughs> to a new chapter new in my chapter. life. New chapter. And uh, where are you, uh, what are you getting ready to go do? Um, I'm going to continue my education. Where at? Um, in New York. Okay. At this, uh, I got accepted to a master's program at this little school mm-hmm. um, over there. Just a little school, right? <laughs> 
New York University. NYU. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's black excellence everywhere. So, um, yeah. That's awesome. Going back to the East Coast to to get my degree again. Another one. Another one. Another one. <laughs> do you think Shout you, out to Khaled. Do you think you want to keep going to a doctorate after? Yeah, actually. Um, so my master's program is a, only a two-year program, so started looking into beyond that because one year in you gotta start applying man so i am gonna um eventually uh go for go for my phd that's so dope um when you look back do you ever feel like you um made a wrong decision in any, any given time mm. no i mean i could have done a lot of things differently I wouldn't say it's wrong. I don't regret anything. Everything mm-hmm. was a learning experience. Everything got me to where I am today, which I am happy where I am today. So, yeah. That's dope. Um, and then last but not least, and then, you know, I'll open the floor up to you, whatever you want to say or do. Um, what do you, do you think is the key thing to success if a young black woman were to listen to this and, uh, you know, think about joining the military? Maybe she's in the military or just something that might help her in life that you learned within your military uh, time? Uh, be patient. Uh, never lose sight of your goals. Goals change. So, and you know, just keep going. Don't give up. If something has to change, you adapt and keep moving. Uh, look out for yourself first mm. because you can't help anybody else or do anything if you're not right with yourself and set yourself up because when the military is done with you, they're done with you. <laughs> Amen. Say that again. Say so. it again. Oh, man. Well, hey, you know what? I think that's uh, that's really it. I did it. You made it through. <laughs> you're all Sweating. done. <laughs> Sweating. She's got a towel. It's the fourth quarter versus LeBron <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, but just to open up the floor to you, do you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to shout out? Anybody? Moms? Programs? Oh, of course. Shout Navy. out my mom. My twin. That's my twin. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you really had a twin. <laughs> no. My mom, my dad, my, my family, you for uh, having me on, you know. Uh, also you because you have introduced me to an amazing group of people that they don't know. You don't know, but inspire me to do a lot more. So, shout out squad. Woo! <laughs> y'all know who y'all are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, everybody in my life who just keeps me positive and you know keep me on the right track. That's all I got. That's all. I don't wow. say too much. I don't talk a lot. Hey, it's all like good. That. It's all good. <laughs> Once again, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I love y'all. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud when you get a chance. Until the next time, I love y'all once again. And uh, once again, I love you, Alec. Stay black and stay woke.